Hello and welcome to Nobody's Perfect, where we acknowledge not all of our thoughts and strategies are flawless. Instead, we opt to find some ways to improve upon any mistakes we make, or anyone else does for that matter. For LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. It's relatively clear that the workforce and the world of business in general has been taking on some major changes. And Manpower Group, a respected, innovative workforce solutions company, has deemed this new era the human age. To help us understand this new period and what is meant exactly by the human age, we have one of the vice presidents with Manpower Group, Melanie Holmes, joining me in the studio today. Melanie, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks, Tim. I'm happy to be here. Of course, the obvious question to start with, even before getting into any details specifically, but what, in a nutshell, in general, is the human age? Well, when you look back on on human history since it all began, we started with the Stone Age and we had the Bronze Age and the Iron Age. I'm not sure that order is correct (laughs) because nobody's perfect, right? Um, And then we went through the Industrial Age and the Information Age and the Space Age. Again, that's not in the right order. But those ages, the first set of things we were working with raw materials Mm. and figuring out how to use raw materials to make our lives better. Then when the Industrial Age and the Space Age and and the Information Age came along, we were figuring out how to use technology and use stuff, again, to make our lives easier. Well, at Manpower Group, we contend that we are now in the human age, that it is all about unleashing human potential, that we have to take advantage of the ingenuity of us as individuals in order for companies and communities and economies to grow. I think you definitely hit on that that point there of this transition, a major shift really from you know previous decades and centuries really. What exactly then has caused us to get to this point in terms of when it started happening, how it happened, and, and getting to this human age as you like to call it? Well, there there's so many forces in the, these are global forces mm-hmm. that I'm going to talk about that have changed virtually everything about the way we live and about the way we work. And that's the important thing from Manpower Group's perspective. Mm-hmm. First of all, the world is so small that <laughs> that particularly with things like social networking, but everything makes the world very, very small. But another thing that's happening is that the economic powers are shifting in the world, that the developing, some of the countries in the developing world have greater economic growth than we have here in the United States and that it's happening in the Western world. So the globe is kind of readjusting. The good news about that readjustment, I think, is that those developing economies, and I'm particularly talking about China and India, are creating a huge middle class. And you know what the middle class wants? They want stuff. (laughs) And so we need to build stuff. I'd love it if all the stuff were going to be built in southeastern Wisconsin. I think that's a little optimistic. But let's have some of that stuff built around here and Mm -hmm. some of that stuff built in the U.S. So that really bodes well, I think, for the world economy, because I'm a firm believer that manufacturing is really the, the, the foundation of any sort of growing economy. But another thing that's happening on a global basis, it's happening here in Milwaukee, it's happening in the U.S., and it's happening all over the world, is the gap between the haves and the have-nots is widening. That is very unfortunate. That causes poverty. That causes um, uh, social unrest. It really can be a problem in the world. So the globe is changing. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this change, these transitions. um, I just wanted to ask in terms of Things like you talk about this talent mismatch and an aging workforce, you know, obviously the unemployment side of things. Um, You mentioned sort of maybe unrest and even economic turmoil. I mean, are these things all related to the fact that we're transitioning still and maybe 
maybe companies are slow to make this adjustment, and that's why you know Manpower Group is out there with this sort of information. I mean, where does all that fit in? Some of those terms that we hear on a daily basis in employment. Well, you you mentioned demographics. That certainly is a huge factor that's affecting the world of work right now because baby boomers like me. <laughs> I won't tell you how old I am, but no, never. Baby, I've never asked. Baby boomers like me are are approaching retirement age, mm-hmm. and lots of us are leaving our organizations with a lot of knowledge, a lot of skill, right. and the next generation, the generation that followed um, baby boom was a relatively small generation, Gen X. So there are not a lot of people coming up behind the baby boom. So that's causing companies to struggle. They're looking to replace the baby boomers and and they're struggling to to do it. So that certainly is affecting the world Mm -hmm. of work and is contributing to the talent shortage. Another thing that's severely affecting the the world of work is how smart customers are. Hmm. Think about when you go out and buy something now. You do research first. You have access to so much information that you know what you want to buy and you kind of know how much you want to pay for it. Hmm. And you can demand from the person you're buying it from to match a price. In fact, I remember over the Christmas holidays that all of the stores were advertising a price match. Well, if I have to lower my price when I'm selling you something, I'm lowering my margin. Sure. My profit is going away. Mm-hmm. So companies need to continually do things better, faster, cheaper in order to keep up with the smart customers that they have. It's not just consumer buying. It's business-to-business buying as well. So we have to continually, as businesses, we have to innovate, we have to raise productivity, and we have to become more efficient. Now, technology has been a huge factor in raising that productivity and raising the efficiency. Mm-hmm. That's good news from, a, from a, an employer's perspective, that in many cases it takes fewer people to get the work done because of technology. Right. But from an individual perspective, it might not be all good news because it takes fewer people and the skill sets that are needed for these jobs is greater than it used to be. Most of the manufacturing jobs that are available today require some sort of post-secondary education, which means that people have to get they have to go to school. They right. have to learn these jobs. They can't just go right from high school into these manufacturing jobs, and that's contributing to the actually the paradoxical talent shortage, high right. unemployment, people are struggling, uh, companies are struggling to find workers. So all of this is contributing to that that issue. But it all comes down to people. Right. All comes down to the ingenuity that we need to bring to the workplace, the innovation we need to do, the um, efficiency improvements, the productivity improvements. So we're back to the human age. You know, and all the things you obviously mentioned, I think as an individual, we always tend to think of our own little world and you show really and you illustrate the complexity behind and the different aspects and perspectives you need to have when when really tackling this as a whole. Let's talk about technology a little bit and the trend that way. Um, Obviously, you, you know, you can talk about the pros and cons a little bit in terms of what this means. When you're talking about employment, you mentioned, okay, you need fewer workers, so does that leave some people out in the cold? Uh, From a business standpoint, though, maybe it's a positive. Can you touch maybe on on the big pros and cons that you're seeing that maybe your group has sort of looked at in terms of this human age and where we're going with it? Well, another really cool thing about technology, particularly when it comes to knowledge working, is that we can work where and when and any time we want to be working. I always say that I can be more productive sitting at Starbucks than I can be (laughs) sitting at my desk. (laughs) 
in because some I'm, cases, yeah, that's yeah, true. <laughs> drinking a lot of that caffeine, and so I can I can get an awful lot done. I also can think of something in the middle of the night and go, you know what, I'm going to go downstairs to my computer and, mm. and get this idea written down right. so I don't forget about it. So technology has given businesses the opportunity to take advantage of virtual working. We can have people on other continents helping us solve problems. I think that's good for both the worker and the company because mm -hmm. we, it, it offers so much flexibility when it comes to getting things done. Another thing ha that's happening with, and, and this is sort of a generational thing, but I would argue that everybody wants flexibility. Older generations who are approaching retirement might want some workplace flexibility. We don't necessarily want to be sitting at our desks from eight to five. Mm -hmm. And then the younger generations who have a much more healthy approach to work-life balance also are demanding this flexibility and technology offers that which yeah. is way cool i think yeah yeah and you're, you're definitely right i mean people we talk to whether it be employers or employees job seekers they're definitely looking for that the idea of flexibility and work-life balance i want to touch a little bit now on um as i mentioned to you a little bit before the show you you had these four different areas that were to sort of help organizations shift into this human age and ways to transition in a way that's going to be effective, not just now, but obviously in the future. And the first one that uh, I jotted down was the idea of the creation of talent. Obviously, we're not talking about literally creating clones or, or, or people in that way. But what exactly is the suggestion here in terms of involvement for companies or how, how you create talent? Mm -hmm. It's interesting, creating talent. It does take 18 years to make an 18-year-old. So True. If, we, <laughs> if we started today, it would take a little while. Right. But, but the point here is that we need to be investing in training and we mm -hmm. need to be investing in education. Unfortunately, when the recession hit, a lot of training budgets were cut right. and companies were not left with the ability to train their existing workers with the changes, again, that are going on in technology. All of this stuff comes together. Mm. So technology means we have to continually upgrade our skills and be learning whatever's new in the workplace. So those training budgets were cut. So when we talk about creating a workforce, what we really are m saying is that we need to help our existing workers keep up with the changes mm -hmm. because change is happening all the time and it isn't slowing down. And then when we're hiring a new worker, we need to be a little open to hiring somebody who has the aptitude and the attitude to come to work in my organization. And then I need to invest in the training that's necessary to get them productive and up and running. We actually call that concept the teachable fit, where yeah. hire somebody with aptitude and attitude and then offer them the training to get them up to speed so they can be completely productive in your organization. Now, one of the pieces I did see in there, and it was, it was basically it was a chart, kind of a flow chart showing how all these things fit together. And it did mention the idea of working with kids, even as young as kindergarten and different youth groups, um, are, are there concerns in any way uh, ethically of a company like being that hands-on with kids that young and almost grooming them for their own business or industry? I mean, what's sort of the, the give and take there? I don't see any concerns there. Are you, you are you thinking it might be kind of Machiavellian that we are kind of creating <laughs> I'm not going to go, I wouldn't go that far, but just mm -hmm. the idea, you know, and there's always concern about, um, you know, it's a completely different area, but when you, you slap a, a label on something and advertising-wise, that you're oh. always connected to them in some way. I um, get it. You know, and the other thought would be, if you're maybe teaching them a certain skill set and they end up not going into that industry, have they been um, maybe limited and going to another capacity? Mm -hmm. 
just just that idea of this maybe specifying it too much. I guess what's the actual thinking when you're talking about going into schools and and youth groups and and maybe as a company getting involved that way? Well, there there are a couple of issues here. When we talk to our clients and when we survey companies around the world, one of the things that they think is lacking in a workforce are those soft skills and sure. some of the work ethic. I don't think you can start early enough hmm. with kids helping them understand those soft skills, things like problem solving, critical thinking, self-awareness, mm. which I think is hugely Definitely. important in life and at work, <laughs> um, and then helping young people, no matter how old, understand work ethics, show up on time, be dressed appropriately, don't fight, play well with others. I'm saying play well <laughs> right, with others because right. we're talking about young people. <laughs> so I don't think you can start too soon. Another thing that our, our clients and, and businesses tell us is that they are not getting enough people with the technical skills that are required. And this happens in all types of, of organizations and all types of skills. But I don't think we're necessarily doing a good enough job with our young people letting them know what all the pathways are to adulthood. I would guess that your parents really did want you to go to a four-year college and get a baccalaureate. That's my guess, Tim. Sure. Um, and I don't think they would have been quite as proud of you, and I'm, I'm just guessing now, <laughs> if you hadn't gone to college or if you'd gone to a technical school. And I think we're making a mistake with our young people by not helping them understand that going to a technical school and learning a trade or learning a, a profession where you could get an associate's degree or some sort of certification can lead to a really rewarding, well-paying career. So I think we need to make sure, and again, I don't think we can start too early, helping young people understand that there are multiple pathways. It could include being a plumber or a carpenter. Mm. It could include being an advanced manufacturing professional. It could be an engineer. It could be a philosopher. But we need to help them understand all of those pathways. So I don't think starting early is a problem there. Another aspect of it mentions um, trying to utilize the idea of this unused talent pool. Are there specific groups that we're talking about when we, you know, again, in quotes, unused talent pool that maybe aren't in the workforce? Yeah, I, I do think there are some pools of talent that might be underutilized. Mm -hmm. um, I would suggest maybe even close to the top of that list would be people with disabilities. I'm going to go back to technology for a second. Technology has allowed so many people with disabilities to lead very productive work lives that might not have been able to do that prior to technology. When you think about what computers do for people with visual and hearing impairments, right. if you think about the people with disabilities who are working in a contact center but are working from home, technology allows them to be doing that from their home. So if they have a mobility disability, they can, they can work there. So that's one population. I would suggest that businesses aren't reaching out to veterans enough right now. Mm -hmm. We have an awful lot of veterans who, are, who have gotten out of the service, who have a lot of skills, and I would argue have the work ethic and the discipline that's necessary and that our clients and companies that we talk to say is missing from right. a lot of the workforce. So there's the whole veteran issue. I would also suggest that there are a lot of ex-offenders out there who are really struggling to get a job and might not be given a fair shake. Now, I understand there are some businesses that it would be inappropriate, but I think we need to open up a little bit and, and look at these underserved populations or ignored populations as possible workers in our organizations. I love that you mentioned the idea of um, you know disabled individuals and veterans and the ex-offenders. And actually, for anyone who is interested, we have a, a show on our localjobnetwork.com radio 
called Community Concepts and does touch on a lot of those issues. So I do appreciate you bringing that up as well. Another aspect of this whole you know human age and helping this transition is the idea of developing talent. And you touched on it briefly in terms of that teachable fit idea. I guess what, what are some of the focuses? And, and I mean, is it a soft skill thing more so? I mean, I guess how would you maybe elaborate a little bit on the idea of developing that talent as, a, as an organization? Well, when, when we talk to employees who leave organizations, they don't leave because they're not make, making enough money. They leave for, for basically two reasons. And I'm, I'm exaggerating a little. I mean, I'm, I'm making it a little blacker and whiter than it is. Right, right. But, but the two main reasons that we hear are one is they don't like their boss. That, that's a big reason why people leave. Mm-hmm. But the other is that they don't see an opportunity for them within the organization. Right. They've not been given the opportunity to develop themselves and grow. In all generations, but I would suggest that particularly the younger generations really want to make themselves marketable. So any development opportunity we can give an individual within our organizations, they're much more likely to to be happy there and stay. So development opportunities could include promotions. I mean, obviously, that's the obvious one. But that's not possible in all cases. It could mean a stretch assignment for somebody. It could be putting them on a new team so they're getting to know different people within the organization. It could be locking them in a room with their coworkers and to foster an innovative solution to a problem. I talk about this all the time. I think encouraging our employees to uh, volunteer in the community and get involved in the community is sure. also a development opportunity for folks. So we, we need to let our um, employees that are currently working for us see that there are opportunities for them to learn and grow and collaborate. That's a big word in, in today's yeah. world yes, of work. <laughs> to, to collaborate and work with new people, be on new teams, have the opportunity to innovate and do new and exciting things. So development is a huge issue. It isn't just training. Right. It includes these other things as well. You touched on another aspect of it, you know, the idea of, of managers and, and management and how that plays such a huge role um, in success and in, in you know, satisfaction with employees. I guess what in what ways can employers sort of ensure that their managers are maybe properly handling things, effectively handling things? I, I guess do you have any, any key tips or advice that can sort of guide them in that realm? Well, I would suggest that the leadership skills of yesterday are very different from the leadership skills of today and tomorrow. Um, Because, again, it's all about collaboration. We are no longer, or we shouldn't necessarily, and that sounds judgmental, but we shouldn't necessarily (laughs) be in a command and control, very hierarchical um, structure anymore. Does this fall under that human age thing, why it's different? Yes, I I really do believe that that part of us unleashing human potential is not being so command and control. To unleash human potential for people in any position in an organization, whether they're the CEO or whether they're in an entry-level position, we need to not be so command and control and hierarchical. Mm -hmm. So leaders need to learn how to manage not in that command and control environment and and work more in cross-functional teams and be much less siloed or if you want to think about it as a horizontal silo rather than a vertical silo sure. with, with within an organization. Another thing that's changed in today's world is that many managers are managing people who live in different time zones and are on different even different continents. Mm. So we need to be doing a better job of teaching those folks how to keep those remote people in, um, engaged and involved right. in the organization and how to lead. So 
I think companies need to acknowledge the differences in the leadership skills of today versus the leadership skills of yesterday and train, I mean, I'm back to training again, but train people and make them aware of how these skills are so important if they're going to maintain their workforce and attract new people to the organization. And earlier you touched on, you know, the, the idea of work-life balance and flexibility and things to that effect. Is this something that you really feel employers should be focusing on a little bit more, you know, and I have this discussion with some of my team members about what an employer needs to do or legally has to do versus trying to keep things, you know, keep employees happy and satisfied and productive. Where does that fall in with trying to accommodate others in terms of flexibility, work-life balance, that sort of area? Well, the, the first thing it's important to know that companies need to make a profit. I mean, that we, we need to make money. And and if, if you're a publicly traded company, you have shareholders that you have to satisfy. So I'm not going to say that flexibility to the detriment of the organization is the way to go. But I would suggest that if a company is serious about getting and keeping really good people, they do need to offer some flexibility mm-hmm. and allow people some d- days working from home, for example, or flexible working hours, depending on when somebody's most productive time of the day is, let's adapt the work day to each individual. It's no longer one size fits all. It really should be one size fits one when we're talking about the workforce. Now, I understand that if you're in a manufacturing environment, it's pretty hard to have somebody on an assembly line working from home. (laughs) It doesn't work. I don't think it's going to work here. does not work. Not (laughs) yet. But I do think that manufacturers can be creative and talk to their employees to get ideas. Talk to the employees, I'm going to repeat that, to get ideas on how they can offer that flexibility, whether it just be flex hours Mm -hmm. where somebody works – you know, 10 to 7 as opposed to 8 to, to 5. I don't know if I did that math right, but you you know what I mean. To, to try to offer some of that flexibility because that's what n- younger workers want because of the work-life balance issue, mm-hmm. but all workers want it. I want it, and I'm way not a younger worker anymore. <laughs> well, that'll wrap up part one of our conversation surrounding this era of work term, the human age by Manpower Group. Our expert guest here on Nobody's Perfect is Melanie Holmes, Vice President with Manpower Group, and we touched on what this age means for both individuals and companies, as well as some pieces of advice as we continue this workplace and business transition. In part two, we'll examine talent mobilization and the potential issues involved with adjusting to the human age. To find the continuation of our discussion, go to localjobnetwork.com radio list. On the upper left-hand side, you can type in the human age in the keyword search, and part two should pop up for you. Meanwhile, if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm your host, Tim Yuma. You've been listening to localjobnetwork.com radio.